Welcome to Movie House, a weekly production of Delta College Public Radio. I'm your host, Mark Brown. Christopher Nolan is a movie purist. He only shoots on actual film instead of using digital cameras. He rejects CGI wherever possible, preferring practical in-camera special effects. He does not create post-credit stinger scenes or believe in releasing a director's cut of a film because he thinks if a movie isn't whole and complete between the opening and closing credits, and if it isn't exactly what the director wants in the first place, why bother making the movie at all? And he is a lover of all things cinema. Every aspect of movie making, from the writing and cinematography to the editing, sound design, and choice of an aspect ratio is something Nolan thinks about carefully and takes deadly seriously. This dedication to the specific power of filmmaking has produced some truly memorable films and sequences, the kind that get used in film classes as good examples. Chances are, in the years to come, Nolan's latest film, Oppenheimer, will be seen as one of his greatest, partly because of the heavy-duty subject material, the life of the man primarily responsible for ushering in the atomic age, partly because of how the director used every tool at his command to make a relentless, striking, intense film that's hard to shake once it's over. Of course, the film tells the story of J. Robert Oppenheimer, the theoretical physicist selected to direct the Manhattan Project, the development of an endgame weapon in World War II. As audiences saw in Dunkirk, Inception, and to a lesser degree, Interstellar, Nolan loves telling multiple stories at once. In this case, the film skips back and forth between three distinct but related narratives. First is the straightforward tale of Oppenheimer going to school, getting published, meeting his wife, being chosen by the military, etc. Second is a series of closed hearings after World War II in which he had his top-secret security clearance revoked during the McCarthy era. Third, we see the Senate confirmation hearings of Louis Strauss, the former head of the Atomic Energy Commission and Oppenheimer's colleague who is now up for a presidential cabinet position. How all these narratives are interlinked becomes apparent as the film goes on. The entire three-hour film gallops along at a fast clip and expects audiences to keep up as it switches back and forth in time, from black and white to color, and as it takes us into the interior world of a man who imagined the bonds that hold the world together and the results of splitting those bonds apart. As you can imagine, the sequence of the first actual atomic detonation in the vast emptiness of the New Mexico desert is one of the movie's true showpieces. Operatic, terrifying, loud as anything you've heard in a theater, it manages to evoke what I imagine is at least a small amount of the awe and terror people felt that early July morning in 1945. The film shows that Oppenheimer was a complicated, contradictory man, a true polymath genius driven as much by his ego as by his ethnic pride as a Jew and his fear of what the enemy would do if they developed the bomb first. He simultaneously wanted peace and spearheaded the creation of the deadliest weapon of all time. The film certainly doesn't hold him up as any kind of a saint, but instead tries to illustrate how frustrating and frustrated he was. After all, how does a person reconcile a legacy like his? Unfortunately, the film gives short shrift to the women in Oppenheimer's story, reducing his wife to an erratic drunk and his mistress to one more problem with his security clearance. Like Oppenheimer himself, even a genius cinema purist like Nolan has his blind spots and weaknesses. Nevertheless, Oppenheimer is an impressive, immersive cinema experience, one worth seeing and worth discussing for a long time to come. 
Movie House is a production of Delta College. I'm Mark Brown of Delta's digital filmmaking program. Tune in next week for another new review. You can find past episodes of Movie House at deltapublicmedia.org and wherever you get your podcasts.